welcome to The Boss Babe Mentality. This podcast is dedicated for women like you who want to level up, improve your overall health, mindset, and to be the best version of yourself. I'm Emily, your host. I'm a personal trainer and owner of The Sweat Club. If you are looking to elevate your life and want to have that all-round boss babe mentality, then you have come to the right place. Join me each week as I have real and raw combos with boss babes about all things health, wealth, business, success, failure, and so much more. Hello, you beautiful people, and welcome to episode number four of the Boss Babe Mentality. Today, I am joined by an epic coach and nutritionist, Elise Constable. Elise is so passionate about helping others and how to bring the best out within yourself. She is an overzealous foodie with a love for nutrition, and we definitely get sidetracked and chat probably far too long about ice cream. But seriously, who doesn't love ice cream? This larger-than-life gal really does have so much knowledge, and I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. This boss babe talks to us today all about how to keep a positive mindset around nutrition, especially during times of isolation, why fad diets don't work, and she gives us tips and tricks on how to sustain your eating habits over a long period of time. Now, guys, before we get into it, I just want to give a quick content warning. During this episode, please note that we do discuss topics around eating disorders and binging. Elise talks about her own personal experience with an eating disorder, and she does touch on how she managed to overcome it as well. If these topics are triggering for you, please opt out of this episode or proceed with caution, and please reach out to a health professional if you are struggling with any of these topics. Now, put your shoes on, get out for a walk, and enjoy this jam-packed episode. So welcome, Elise, and thank you so, so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Em. (laughs) My pleasure. Now, before we get into anything, I always ask every guest on the podcast, what is your most bizarre habit? And I am so interested to hear. Oh, you know what? The funny thing was I was asking my partner last night about this and I was like, I wonder if he's going to say the same thing as me. And sure enough, he did. I have a really, really bad, bad habit, I should say, and bizarre habit. I wear my clothes back to front and inside out time and my clients can testify this as well like I remember recently just before the gym was closed I had my leggings on inside out my clients like um I think your leggings are on inside out at least and I was like oh goodness <laughs> but I have not been like it's just something so common to me I don't know how I do it or why I do it but yeah that's probably my most bizarre habit I would say <laughs> it just happens it just happens, it just happens. yeah it's just my norm now <laughs> That is that's amazing. I have I do not have that trouble. Although I have in the past when I have gotten up at like ridiculous o'clock to go run a class, I have worn my tights inside out because it was dark and I didn't have any I didn't have any light to see. <laughs> okay so I love your approach towards nutrition and that you want to help others understand nutrition and I guess just be the best version of themselves inside and out and I've been following you for quite some time but for those who are listening um, who might not actually know you first of all tell me or tell them who you are and um, I guess how you got to where you are now yeah, so I mean, first of all, my name's Elise. Thanks, Em. You've already introduced me, but <laughs> um, I suppose my journey started 
oh goodness, I've always played sports and been really active growing up. Um, I went through anorexia or I struggled anorexia in my, in my early teen years, um, all the way probably into my early twenties. So, um, I had a lot of, I think, insecurities, self-esteem issues growing up. And I think as well, that's also what sparked my passion for helping others, um, to prevent them going through essentially what I went through growing up, which was, yeah, I think just bad relationships with food, with exercise. I mean, I was your typical, I'll run on the treadmill, I'll do heaps of cardio, I had restrictive eating patterns, I'd eat the same thing every day and if I ate anything outside of that, it would just trigger guilt within me um, and that guilt would just turn into really, really bad anxiety and I'd feed that through exercise. So exercise, you know, while it's a healthy thing to do for yourself, there can be circumstances and situations where it becomes unhealthy and negative and I was probably someone that was far extreme the other way um so yeah that's essentially where I started in fitness I suppose it wasn't actually a positive thing um besides growing up and playing sport but yeah wow what a what a journey you've been on yeah very very deep actually Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that that was like a big key moment, I guess, that helped who you are obviously today? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, all the obstacles that you ever go through really shape you as a person. Um, And for me as well, it's given me a lot more um, skill in my coaching practice as well because I can understand and relate to people a lot better. Um, And, you know, when they're going through their hardships or adversities or have these mental patterns with their food, it really, really helps me coach them. I think because when you've gone through something yourself, it makes it a lot easier to um, be relatable to people, obviously, because you can actually understand, um, you know, their concerns, their complaints, their anxieties, their worries and things like that. Absolutely. And I think as well, um, to be able to relate to what you're saying there is I'm now because we're obviously in isolation and we're not seeing too many people, I'm now understanding um, my clients who maybe haven't been able to get, say, to the gym or to be able to come to a PT or they're really struggling outside of um, their kind of fitness life. And that's something that I've now kind of being in isolation, I'm figuring out, wow, I can really relate now to what my clients have been saying, which is, yeah, it's definitely, I definitely believe as well that it makes you a better coach to be able to go through, you know, what your clients have gone through. Absolutely. How have you adapted to everyday life during isolation? How are you going? Oh, to be honest, for me, it hasn't been, I shouldn't say this, but it hasn't been a massive shift for me, I think, because <laughs> a lot of my work has actually been probably 80% from home. And I mean, probably only 20% of my business was face-to-face. So a lot of my work is online. So, I mean, I've got mm-hmm. a, a young daughter who, you know, I work with at home. I do a lot of online work. Um, so it hasn't been a massive shift other other than, you know, obviously not being as social with people. Um but I think because I'm always kind of in isolation, I'm okay with it. I'm used to it. Um, so it hasn't been too yeah. much of it for me. But for those people that are used to, you know, getting up and going to work and things like that, I can understand it can be quite difficult for them. Um, I suppose totally. like a tip that I would just recommend to those people is keep a routine where you can. I mean, my mum is someone that who is now working from home, but she gets up in the morning, she goes for a walk, and then she starts a day from home. So I think that's the same thing. It's like you might build, uh, you know, habits and routines when you're going to places, but you need to do that at home as well. It's definitely a key to keeping yourself on track. Yeah. 
Definitely. And um, that's what we're kind of going to get into um, our first topic today, which is going to be about food mindset. And I know that there's a lot of negativity um, at the moment surrounding eating and in particular motivation to actually eat well. Um, What should people be doing at the moment throughout isolation, I guess, in regards to their nutrition? Um, I, you know, my approach obviously is flexible and and balanced, I suppose, in that sense. I love that. In terms of nutrition, I think the main thing is is what you were doing prior. I mean, if you were someone that food prepped and was, you know, taking your containers place, it's still food prep. I mean, you don't have to eat out of your containers anymore, but make sure that you're preparing things in advance. Make sure you're writing your shopping list and things like that just to keep yourself on track. I think, you know, when there's challenges and obstacles thrown at people, we don't know how to adapt. And that's the thing. It's adapting mm-hmm. to your situation. Um, and that's the thing. Like, you're still in control of your food. That hasn't been taken away from you. It's the one thing that you can control in this time. So, you know, use that time to stay in control. Don't be like, oh, you know, my gym routine's thrown out, my work routine's thrown out. It doesn't mean you can't do anything. You can do plenty still. Um, So it's about shifting that mindset and focusing on the solutions and the things that you can do versus what you can't do. And I um, I saw an Instagram um, quote which I actually posted about as well on my own Instagram and it was about you know if you've had a bad day at work you don't just completely quit your career and like if you are you know struggling whatever it is it's like you haven't yeah you're, you don't just throw in the towel throughout any like hard difficult situation so throughout this it's like this is the this is the number one time to not throw in the towel especially with your nutrition Absolutely. And that's the thing. You can always do something and you can always, you can still train. I mean, you might not have the ideal situation or set up at home with, you know, uh, weight and things like that, but you can still do plenty with body weight. I remember, I mean, I ordered a few things um, so I can still kind of train semi-normal. But prior to that, I mean, it took two, three weeks to get equipment. I mean, I had to train body weight and I'm someone that hits the gym and hits the weights pretty hard normally. But for me, I was like, hell yeah, like embrace the challenge. It was something new. And I think when there's these new things, get excited about it. Don't look at it as as a negative all the time. And I think Mm -hmm. it's really important to, you know, the way that you approach it and put perspective on situations is either going to make or break the way you see it. So it's important that, you know, when you are faced with challenges or adversities that you approach it with a positive mindset. Um, and that's the kind of way I like to look at things in, in any everyday life. And I think perspective is key, right? Absolutely. Perspective 100%. Mm. <laughs> oh. And it's, it's, yeah, it's number one. Otherwise, yeah, we end up just kind of spiraling out of control. Well, that's what I do anyway. <laughs> now you can pull yourself back out. <laughs> oh, exactly. And that's all we can, that's all we can do when we get back, uh, when we get kicked down, we just get straight back up. That's exactly it. So um, every day you're helping people with getting back on, either getting back on track with nutrition or educating them about nutrition. How do you find or what do you find is the best way to help people get past that negative association with food? Um, I suppose I'll put some context around your question a little bit more. I suppose if it's someone, let's say, with restrictive eating patterns or that only touches, let's say, healthy food, um, as an example, my thing is to kind of include things that they would deem, you know, bad or unhealthy in their plans and not to like a large degree because I'm still very health focused, but um, getting them to eat that and show them that it doesn't actually harm them or it doesn't make them gain 10 kilos of weight overnight. And I think that comes back to perspective. And that's what I try and teach people. It's like, you're not going to put on five kilos of weight overnight if you're not eating five kilos of chocolate. Like if you're having, you know, 
two squares, you know, during the course of the day, mm-hmm. it's not going to make you feel fat. And that's the thing. It's about coaching people through those, um, like I said, anxieties they might have around certain foods and show them that, you know, practically if you eat this, nothing happens to you. And I think it's that false sense of fear that people are tricked into because there's so much out there with nutrition. I mean, it's still in its infancy, but you know, there's so much information and crap out there from, you know, fad diets to, you know, this is good, this is bad. And, you know, I think in our world of social media, there's always something being demonized, whether it be carbs mm-hmm. or be fat, you know, then the keto diets come popular and it's just, no wonder people are confused. Um, so I totally. really bring that really, really basic approach. Um, I think because when you've laid that foundation, everything just flows seamlessly after that. And that's such an incredible mindset to have. And that I'm sure your clients um, or for anyone listening, it's already making people feel just that little bit more comfortable. And I have seen on your Instagram or um, your clients that you have given meal plans to, they've always got a little bit of chocolate in their diet and they've always got something like that little bit yummy. And like you said, that we might associate as being a bad food. It's actually not, but it's in moderation. And I think that's so important for everyone to remember. And I practice flexible dieting and it, it just definitely works um, for me because I hate restricting. And like you said, restricting can just be just the absolute devil. So I think that's so important to remember. Um, and I guess what are your what are your tips in actually creating that healthy mindset when it comes to food? Um, tips in terms of creating it I think the main thing is building that consistency and and learning to actually understand what's in your food so you know when my clients get their plans for example it shows them you know every macronutrient calorie that comes from the food that they're consuming so it's about self-educating as well um and that's one of the biggest things of being a coach and the difference between being a trainer and a coach is education i believe so bridging that gap and um you know teaching your clients to become self-sufficient and educated is really important so you know when you're shopping as an example look on the back of food labels and start educating yourself it's really important because you know you might look at you know a block of chocolate and it might say 25 grams four grams of fat then you might go down to the chip aisle and it might say you know 20 five grams, six grams of fat kind of thing mm-hmm. like that. And so you can start making judgment calls based on, oh, you know, this might fit into my day, this might not fit into my day and, and just learning to become a bit more self-sufficient and understanding what's in your food is um, probably one of the, the best tips I can offer for people. Um, yeah. I always see on your like I said, I see your Instagram posts and you give your clients just the most amazing, delicious foods, which we're also going to talk about your amazing ebook that you have launched, which is so exciting. But um, what do you recommend when trying to eat for your goals within a sustainable way? Um, what do I recommend? I think the main thing is what I a tip that I give my clients is if they are self-tracking, factor in the food that you want to eat the most at the start of the day. So rather than, you know, plan your whole day and then get to the end of the day and be like, oh, I'm craving ice cream, for instance, and then you haven't got enough room to make that fit. It's important that you factor in, let's say, maybe the two squares of chocolate at the start of the day or the night before so you know that they're in there, you've accounted for them, and then you're not going over your intake. So as an example, you know, um, I'm someone that loves ice cream. I love my ice cream. <laughs> That's always in there for me. Guilty. Yeah, and then, then I plan my, my good foods and my healthy foods and my veggies and stuff around it. So, I mean, I mean, I eat pretty well most of the time anyway, but I do 
love ice cream. My daughter loves ice cream. It's something that we like to share together. So, um, I always account for that, but that's probably my top tip is to make sure that you're including things that you like prior to planning out your whole day. Cause that way you know they're accounted for and then you're not going to binge or blow out because you haven't left yourself, um, you know, an intake to consume them in. Um, yeah. And what would you say, um, I guess to someone, you know, I've heard with flexible dieting, you know, people like I can eat literally whatever so long as it's within my macros. And I know that that's reasonably true, but I guess for your, like your actual internal health, what is, I guess, a, you know, we need a good source of veggies. We need some fruit in our diet. Like what, I guess, would a day maybe on a plate look like for you or, or you know, your clients as such? Yeah, and so just coming back to your other point you just said about, you know, hitting your macros, I mean, I don't I don't like to say just hit your macros and your calories. I think, you know, um, hit your macros and your micros. It's really, really important that you do eat for your health. Um, and I think as well, you know, even like you said with my clients, yeah, they post all their, their, their yummy foods and their delicious foods, but you also see <laughs> because they're the fun things to show, but they do eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruits, um, but that's the thing. No one really wants to see fruit and veggies. They want to see, what can I eat in my day? <laughs> yes, literally. Um, so um, a day on a plate for me typically will look like um, usually have oats for breakfast, um, protein, berries, nuts, so a really, really good balanced meal, um, fats, carbs, protein um, for a snack. Mm-hmm. I love um, I love Yopros. Um, I just find them really easy and then I top them with more like fruits and nuts or some homemade granola. Absolute favorite. Like I love texture in my food. So something with a bit of crunch is really important for me. <laughs> Lunch, um, I generally have some form of stir fry, a um, bit of protein. So the chicken, sometimes I cook <laughs> you know, beef, whatever, whatever the flavor of the week is. <laughs> um, <with vegetables. laughs> In the afternoon, I suppose, sometimes I have um, toast. I love toast. I always kind of factor bread into my day as well. I find bread is the food that keeps me compliant um, to my intake because it's probably one of the foods that I enjoy the most. So a bit of bread with a bit of butter and some Vegemite, um, old school Aussie over here. And then <laughs> dinner, dinner, I mean, there is day to day for me during the day most the same but you know every night for dinner usually changes so sometimes I mean I like to be creative so uh last night as an example I made what I have last night sweet and sour pork um but I like to make my own marinades and sauces so um you know I know you can buy jar sauce and stuff that are always packed to the rim full of sugar so often I find ways to make my own um yeah, so we had that last night and then I had an ice cream after that. So, yeah, I got my ice cream in there. Tell me, what's your ice cream secret? What's your favourite ice cream? Oh, my favourite ice cream. Do you know what? Like for macros, I do love the Peters, no added sugar. But if I'm feeling a bit uh, naughty, I love those uh, Magnums with almonds on them. Um, they are my favourite. favourite. The mini Yum. ones that you get. Mum, coals they're, they're my favorite mini magnums with almonds <laughs> they're the ones they're the ones uh, I um my favorite my favorite ice cream at the moment is the cookies and cream maxi bon they are oh. just a treat mm. and also do you know what is really good for macros for ice cream um is the it's a peter's one but it's the light and creamy and it's like caramel yeah. vanilla swirl yes yum <laughs> Bon. That is so delicious. 
I was going to say, those little um, Milky Bar ice creams, you wouldn't know, but they're only like 112 calories, so many, like mini Milky Bar ice creams. And, and that's the thing. Most people probably wouldn't look at them, but, I mean, I've been label reader over here. Like, I check everything out that comes out in the market. So they're a little macro-friendly treat as well. Yeah. And especially ice creams. I feel like you would just sniff out the next, the newest ice cream and figure out how you can get it in your plan. Every time there's a new sticker in the supermarket, I'm like, what is that product? (laughs) Absolutely. I feel like we could talk a lot about ice creams, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) I could go on for days about it. Um, I think fad diets going um, to what we were just kind of talking about is something we hear about, we see every day. Tell us why fad diets do not work. Well, Number one reason why is because they are not sustainable. So anything that's got restricted practices or things that you can't sustain or adhere to for a long period of time is always going to have a rebound. And that's the thing. You know, you might get a rapid result, but with being rapid comes rebound. Um, And that's one thing I always tell people, you know, I get a lot of inquiries that come through, you know, I've tried this diet, I've tried this diet, but then I put all the weight back on and then some more. And my, you know, my question back to them is, could you sustain that? And they're like, no. And I said, well, there's your problem. Anything that you can't sustain um, is never going to produce your long-term results. And that's the thing. It's about finding that sustainability and something you can adhere to for long periods of time. So that's number one reason why fad diets don't work because they are just a short-term, short-lived thing to get you a fast result. Um, But being fast doesn't mean that it's going to stay. And I think that's the biggest thing with people is that you need to be patient and you need to give yourself time. Um, particularly if you're someone that does have a bit of weight to lose, there's probably some, you know, psychological things that you need to overcome as well. And that shouldn't be done at a pace that needs to be worked through over time. That's exactly um, relating it to kind of like a fitness program um, or a training program. It's the exact same. You need to give it time. I can't, we kind of just can't write a two-week program and hope that we see just these amazing results, same as kind of nutrition. Now, I was going to say a good comparison or something you can kind of look at like it is it's like a relationship. I mean, you don't meet someone one day and get married the next day. It, it takes time and you build that relationship. And it's the same with food. It's the same with training. It takes time. So, um, yeah, that's what I want to say. <laughs> and I think number one for me, and this is what I tell my clients every, nearly every day, it's like you just need to be persistent. You need to keep at it and you need to, I guess, just set yourself some achievable goals. And what when when goal setting with your clients, what, what do you you normally do I guess when trying to goal set for a particular goal yeah I mean it's context to the individual I suppose as well but I mean as an example let's say someone let's say I have a binge eater um and this is someone or something I have to deal with sometimes with a lot of people coming through um the main thing is that you don't want to have goals that conflict so let's say you've got a binge eater that wants to lose weight you can't overcome binge eating in a deficit, to be honest, I find it's a very, very difficult practice because, you know, the thing is when you're, when you're trying to lose weight, you're going to have to go through some form of hunger and being hungry when you're a binge eater is just like a trigger to binge more. So in that sense, what I like to do with them is, you know, create some goals around, um, their mentality with food and just getting them eating normally and just reducing binges, for instance. So I think as well, you got to have a psychological standpoint. You also got to have, um, you know, the physical as well. But I think once you sort the mental side out of, you know, the issues that you may have, um, 
that can help you get to your goals. Um, and that's the thing, like I said, yeah, binge eating are probably one of the more common ones I see with people. So I often like to work with um, the individual on just getting them to establish, you know, consistent eating patterns rather than focusing on, you know, solely dieting. Um, because to be honest, most of the time they're not really ready to diet um, is probably the best way to say it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, yeah, mentally you just, with binge eating, you need to be so careful that you kind of, it's like nearly as if you don't want to relapse, right? And you need to take the time to actually figure out what, yeah, what it is that is is triggering you, right, for binging. And um, yeah, I think that's definitely one thing to take away. If you are, if you are a binge eater, you need to work on on, I guess, either A, what's triggering your binging um, and also, you know, there's obviously so many more factors, but it, it is important to not just completely go, well, screw it, I'm going down to 1,200 calories and that's it. Like it's just we know it's not sustainable. Absolutely. So now let's get into our boss babe questions. This is where um, my Instagram have asked you some questions and we're going to answer them on this podcast. So the number one, which you did touch on earlier, um, it was the question is, have you ever struggled with your own eating? Yes, absolutely I have. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about helping others now is because I have struggled. Um, I used to be someone that was very restrictive, would only eat things. I used to have an issue around eating fat. So I would never eat butter. Wow. I would never I would never eat anything that had fat in it when I was young because I had the perception that fat was really bad. And then it went from fat to carbs. So pretty much all I would eat was protein. Um, and yeah, for someone that would run like 20k a day, like I just wasted mm. away. Um, so it was, it, I have really struggled with food. Um, and then obviously I got educated. Um, I found a coach, I found a mentor, um, and that really started to help me overcome. Obviously, I had actually did counseling as well. I had a, a counselor I used to speak to. Um, and once I started putting on weight, because I was severely quite underweight, um, I suppose the chemicals in my brain started to balance out so I could logically think about food in the way that it needed to be addressed, I suppose. Because um, that's the thing what happens when you are underweight, it upsets the, the brain chemical balance. So when you're like that, you become irrational in the way you think and it can make your anxiety worse, which is why it's important to be at a healthy weight. Um, so you've got, you can rationalize your food, I think, a lot more as well and make better decisions. <laughs> um, but yeah, wow. I definitely definitely struggled <laughs> and that just like your profession that you are in obviously like we said before it's you're so you're so able to relate to to everyone that kind of crossed your path throughout you know if they're struggling with their own kind of I guess eating habits um that's definitely something you're able to relate to which is amazing obviously not what has happened but it, you've definitely overcome it and um I think that that is so so cool our next question is, um, I am an all or nothing girl, eat 100% or eat so ridiculously bad. How do I help reduce this? You need to look at why you're doing it, number one. <laughs> um, are you being, when you're saying you're all or nothing, is it that you are just eating solely just, you know, fruit and veg and that's it or are you restricting? Mm. Um, I probably need a little bit more context around that question mm. to better give you an answer. But coming back to, I suppose, the whole being balanced is if that you're all or nothing in the sense that you are I'm going to take a stab in the dark that you're just eating fruit and veg or really restrictive practices, start including um, little treats here and there through the day. Um, 
pick one treat and then just include that every single day and then eat good foods around it. Um, probably mm-hmm. the only thing I can really offer without more context around that question, unfortunately, sorry. Um, I feel like I'm thinking the same thing, eat 100% like clean eating and then yeah. ridiculously bad is just off the rails probably. <laughs> Um, and our third and lucky last boss babe question is how do I stay on track during ISO? I can't stop snacking. And this is definitely something that, um, I have like, also I'm a snacker from way back. So I'm definitely interested to hear what you have to say. Yes. So, I mean, I'm an avid snacker as well, but the tips that I do have is if you are a snacker, um, make sure that if you are snacking that you're using self-serve packet things rather than opening a big packet of chips. um, That's probably my number one tip is to make sure that if you are someone that likes to snack, get little little snack packs of things rather than, you know, big bags of chips where you can just freehand and freehand um, into stuff. that's probably my number one tip for that one. Um, self-serve things. <laughs> Love that. And um, I think as well, like with snacking, um, you it's sometimes for me in particular, it's because I might be bored or I might want to like try and, I don't know, change my, change my scenery so the fridge or the cupboard seems like a good place to go. So I think keeping yourself busy or, or you know, blocking out some time for a calendar, uh, like blocking out your calendar, um, when you have your meals and, and that sort of thing? Absolutely. That's a really important tip as well. Um, and that's the thing. It, it comes down to, you know, um, what are your goals? Also stay focused on your goals, I think, as well. I mean, I'm someone that if I have a goal, I always keep that in the forefront of my head. So every time I go to the fridge, I'm like, am I eating because I'm hungry or am I eating just because I'm bored? And and that's the thing. But to be honest, I'm not ever really bored. Um, I always find things to do and I think that's the thing. It's just about keeping um, occupied, you know, put your head in a book. Um, also, another good one is download the app Streak is a really, really good app to download where you can keep a, a streak tab on things. So you set yourself daily goals. It might be like, you know, drink three litres of water and once you start building that streak, you don't want to break it. So it's almost like a little um, challenge you can do for yourself. I I am so excited. I'm going to download that as soon as we have finished talking because I'm all about making sure I can see my goals being ticked off. So that is, thank you so much for giving that tip. That is amazing. So let's talk macro ebook. Tell me all about it. Elise has just done the most amazing macro friendly ebook and I have seen some beautiful recipes come out of there. Tell me about the ebook in particular and also what made you want to release this ebook? Yeah, so the ebook is pretty much just um, a collation of all the rest, not all the recipes, but some of the recipes um, that I post on my Instagram that my clients get, or just making, um, you know, treats and things like that a bit more healthy, I suppose, in that sense. Because a lot of the time, you know, there's foods like cakes and, and sweets that we want to eat, but they're so calorically dense. Um, and it used to frustrate me because I'm like, you know, if I eat this piece of cake, that's half my daily intake gone. So right. do I have to, like, look half a day to fit in a piece of cake to stay within my intake? Um, or, you know, I just end up blowing my calories out. So I just started kind of creating recipes and substituting stuff and then yeah it just kind of was a flow on from there I just kind of kept going with it and people you know caught on like oh my god what's the recipe for this and I'm like you know what I may as well just make this into an ebook um 
So I've collated probably it's 41 recipes in there um, of, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner recipes um, and that you can fit into your day. That are, They're all under 500 calories as well, which is awesome. Um, yeah, so I think that's the thing. It's about, you know, making – making good choices I think um with food and a lot of the time people don't know how to to make better or you know calorie recipes less calorie dense um so that's kind of the thought pattern behind it I suppose yeah I love it and I have um I have made your raspberry is it raspberry muffins was that were they muffins or was it a loaf raspberry was it raspberry white Ooh, yeah, I've got raspberry white chocolate muffins that I posted the other day, and there's a raspberry cream slice as well that I've done. So that I'm not it. sure. It was Beyond a slice. Bit. Yes. <laughs> oh, yum. And I think as well, like for people who, again, aren't creative in the kitchen, like I am not creative in the kitchen at all. I'm like, I will eat literally some rice and I don't know, chicken curry or something like so basic. But I think if if there's an ebook or a recipe in front of me, I'm like, sweet, I'd love to make that, you know? So I think that is so smart that you know you put out all of your recipes for people like in particular me who does not care for making being creative in the kitchen which is thank you so thank you so much for people like us who don't know how to how to cook properly um this is definitely amazing so tell us where you can find the ebook Yep. So the ebook can be found on my website, which is www.elitebiolise.com. Um, and you can just purchase it directly, directly off there of my site. Um, it'll send you a link and then you can just download it straight from there. Yeah. So for those of you who do want to grab a copy of Elise's new macro friendly recipe ebook, she has kindly given all of my listeners a cheeky little discount code. So the discount code is 10 off and I will link everything below in the show notes and you can grab yourself a copy, which I cannot wait to get my hands on this new ebook. Now, Elise, tell us where can we find you on all of your socials? So my Instagram handle is Elise underscore Elite Performance. Um, I'm sure Em's probably tagged me on one of her stories as well. So if you click on Em's stories, I'll be on there. Um, you can find me at Elite by Elise. Um, they're my two handles. I don't have Twitter. Um, I don't have YouTube. Um, I don't have time for all that many socials, to be honest. <laughs> so they're my two main ones. So Facebook and Instagram and there. And my website, obviously, as well, um, which I just said before, but I'm sure and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Now, before we wrap everything up, I am dying to know you wear so many hats every single day. You're a mama, you are a businesswoman, you're a partner. And I want to know how do you juggle that work, life, play balance? What are your secrets? Um, I start early. I think that's the thing. I mean, I'm someone that will always find a way, um, you know, having your own business in itself is like having a child. So <laughs> when I had my daughter, I was like, goodness, how do I balance both of these? And to be honest, it, it has been hard and it has been a struggle. But, you know, as well, I, I'm someone that's very determined and very goal-focused and orientated and I always want to be bettering myself. And, you know, recently I undertook, you know, further study um, as well, which now I've got a balance as well. So for me, 
I get up early. I might start my day at 4 a.m., do some study while my daughter's still asleep, you know, get her up and then feed her, let her play on the floor, do some work. And it's just about managing your time. Um, and that's the biggest thing. It's just managing your time. And, you know, if it means you have to get up at 4 a.m. to achieve things, well, you've got to get up at 4 a.m. Um, and that's just a choice that you make. So for me, it's just about, you know, um, keeping my goals forefront of my mind and then I just, you know, essentially just do what it takes. I think that's the thing. Do what it takes yeah. and then, yeah. <laughs> I think that that is definitely important to remember, you know, I, I guess for me in particular, when I, whenever I talk to anyone who kind of says, I don't have time, too busy, like can't, kind of can't do that. It is about prioritizing your goals and what's important to you. And exactly like you said, too bad. I just have to get up at 4am in order to fit everything in my day. That is definitely an awesome tip to kind of relate back to. Um, I'm a bit the same. I would much prefer to get up early, get my shit done. And then, you know, if I've got some time in the Arvo, like, you know, you're able to play with your daughter or, you know, I'm able to maybe do something that I want to do as well. And I think that's, that for me is 100% needed. I think as well, if, you know, if you're hopefully going to sleep that little bit earlier, then you're able to kind of get up that little bit earlier as well, um, rather than maybe burning yourself out. Exactly right. Exactly right. Elise, thank you so, so much for giving so much insight and knowledge towards nutrition. I hope you guys have taken away something from this chat. Elise, again, thank you so, so much. Your vibe is infectious and you are amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely chatting. Well, guys, that concludes our episode number four of the Boss Babe Mentality. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, if you do want to show your love and support for Elise, you can screenshot this podcast, tag Elise at Elise underscore Elite Performance on Instagram and myself at the underscore Sweat Club so we can see you tuning in. Now, your love and support is what keeps us going, so please make sure you hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss out on any of the girls I've got coming up. It is going to be an absolute vibe. Make sure that you've subscribed as well. It helps us if you do rate and review the podcast, so please chuck a cheeky little review on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.